Do you wonder if others are dealing with the same project management challenges as you? Not sure where to turn for guidance and leadership? Office Hours are in session as we discuss project management and PMOs with global leaders, hearing their story and learning their secrets to success. Our goal is to empower you and help you elevate your PMO and project management career to new heights. Welcome back to Project Management Office Hours with your host, PMO Joe. Welcome everyone to Project Management Office Hours. We're the number one live project management radio show in the U.S. Broadcasting to you today from around the world here in Phoenix as well as Israel. And I'm your host, PMO Joe. And for the next hour or so, we'll be talking project management with our special guests who we'll introduce in a moment. Before we get started on the show, though, I wanted to let everybody know there's a great conference that's currently ongoing uh, today and also tomorrow. It's called the Project Management in Practice 2021 Conference. It's hosted by Boston University. Uh, You can go out to projectmanagementinpractice.com to register. There's still a full day of speakers for tomorrow. All of the sessions are being recorded, so even the ones that you didn't catch live today, you could still capture them, and you can get up to 16 PDUs for this event. Several great speakers, of course. Some of them have been guests on our show, so we're fortunate to have that. And about an hour after we wrap up this show, I'm going to be headed over there and speaking live to everybody in Boston. So really excited. We're going to be doing a case study review of the value of project management from one of the clients of the PMO squad. Tomorrow's lineup includes Suzanne Madsen and Andy Kaufman, both who've been on the show. Also, Tay Wu, Joe Justice, and many others. Uh, so I strongly encourage everybody head out to projectmanagementandpractice.com, register for that event, and I think you'll get some good learnings uh, through that. Also, the PMO Global Awards uh, is getting ready to start up their judging uh, for this year's competition. So I strongly encourage everybody to head out to the PMO Global Awards website, see the different countries who are participating, and track the results as we see which countries advance towards becoming the PMO of the year. It's always uh, an exciting competition that they put on. And we'll be having Americo Pinto on as a guest later this year as well. Certainly, we want to thank our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader, Uh, Please go out to their websites, uh, see all of the great offerings that are available through them, and see how they can help you improve your project management within your organization. Also, a reminder to visit projectmanagementofficehours.com to see all of our upcoming episodes, listen to our previous shows, and learn more about all of the guests we've had on over the years. And speaking of guests, super excited to have with us today our first guest from Israel. Thank you, Hamotel Weiss and Daniel Zitter, for joining us from Israel. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Yes. If you could take a And it's been a while since we've had two guests on at once. Usually, we, the past several shows, we've had just one guest. So it's going to be a fun dynamic uh, to chat with both of you. But Hamotel, if you could take a moment just to introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit more about you, that'd be great. Well, thank you, Joe. Um, well, I'm a seasoned entrepreneur, an experienced project manager. This is a passion of mine. I'm the author of the book called uh, Being a Project Manager, which I wrote together with uh, my partner, Danielle. 
I'm a lecturer in project management and a sort of uh, gamification expert specializing in developing games and serious games for educational purposes. Fantastic. Thanks. And you, for those who don't have the video uh, of this and you're going to be listening, Hamotel has this fantastic uh, <laughs> setup. She should be hosting her own podcast there. Um, yeah, Hamotel great. teaches a lot from, uh, from afar, so that's part of the setup she has there. Yeah, that's great. And, and Daniel, if you can take a, a moment, please introduce yourself as well. Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Daniel Zitter. I'm an industrial engineer. I've been in the project management industry for over 20 years now, uh, consulting in different organizations like uh, Intel, Amdocs, and you know dozens of different companies where I helped both in setting up PMOs, uh, managing projects on my own, um, implementing project management systems, and so on. So it's something I, I'm very, I find myself uh, very lucky. I mean, I'm a person that really enjoys what I do. So, and I enjoy waking up in the morning and going to work. So I don't know too many people like that. So I really feel that I'm a lucky guy um, and I, I really enjoy it. So yeah, that's, that's what I do every day. Well, thank you both for, for joining me. And, and Daniel, I think you and I have that in common. I'm a, I don't feel, since I started the, the PMO squad over eight years ago, I don't feel I've gone to work once. Right. That, that's I'm just, great. Yeah, I'm just I doing that, what I do, right? I, I no longer have to go to a job. Yeah. I just get to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's really the, the greatest way to do it. Absolutely. All right, so let's dig in and, and talk some project management, get to know both of you a little bit better, and, and certainly go uh, over some of the items that you want to share with everyone. One of the things I love about our show is that we are international, that we get to learn about project management from around the world because it is a global profession and we can yeah. learn from one another because we, we all have unique challenges and opportunities. If we think about what your experiences are, what are some of the challenges of learning project management that you've encountered um, that you think that you'd be able to share with us? Well, Joe, there are various challenges in learning and in teaching project management. Uh, I think that most of which involve making decisions under uncertainty and uh, soft skills. And we should remember that project management is applied by diverse professionals in a variety of industries, including construction and engineering, information systems, biotechnology, marketing, service, and, and so on. And in the last few decades, there has been a growing trend in business and social organizations to manage by projects and as a result, there is a growing interest in project management education. And we know that the traditional education of project management was based, um, you know, mostly on understanding the iron or golden triangle of um, cost, schedule, quality that was used to, to measure performance and success um, using two leading international project management guides, which... I believe most of us know, the PMBOK, um, the Project Management Body of Knowledge by the PMI, and PRINCE2, the European standard. Both guides are used widely to teach project management, although uh, they include very limited regard to soft skills. And over the years, project management educators like myself have realized that not only are projects heterogeneous by nature, 
and require an understanding of a wide range of topics, but also the modern project management organizations deal with high level of uncertainty and complexity. And it is known that traditional education of project management simply does not prepare project managers for, for the mission. And the common established methodologies for project management taught in universities and trained in organizations do not provide practical methods to, to, um, to handle the complexities involved in, in managing initiatives and making decisions on an array of interrelated issues under uncertain conditions. And this is where simulation tools play a big role when training project managers to, to simply experience real-life project management challenges uh, while sitting around the table. And we, we find it so often the um, lack of practical methods in theoretical trainings. You know, Joe, when Hamutal and I met about eight years ago, uh, we had this long conversation. One of our shared experiences were that we were both teaching project management in organizations a lot. We sat down and talked about this. And, you know, Hamutal told me, you know, I've been teaching for a long time and I get really great reviews. People are saying, you know, you're a wonderful lecturer. Thank you so much. But, you know, I finished the course. We studied together now for, I don't know, five, 10 days. What do I do tomorrow morning? And that's something that I asked her. People would come back to me and say the same things. And I would really get offended. I would say, you know, guys, we sat here. We talked about these issues so long, for so long. What are you talking about? What do you mean you don't know what to do tomorrow morning? So this was a shared experience. And we started thinking, you know, at the beginning, you try to say that maybe it's their fault. And then <laughs> you kind of realize that maybe it's you. So we tried to analyze and understand why this actually happened and why people react like that to our training. And when we came to a conclusion, we came to a conclusion saying that we're teaching them a lot of um, project management techniques and what you need to do, what, you know, what project management is, and less about what you need to do to be a good and successful project manager. So that was that gate, you know, that brought us to our first project together. This is where Chabutal uh, and I decided we want to do something together. And our first project together was to write the book. So we wrote the book and we entitled it Being a Project Manager. And there we talk about actually what you know you have to do as a project manager versus what project management is. So that, that's kind of the, the direction we took it. Yeah, so we, we actually stopped teaching project management as a subject. Uh, rather, we started trained project manage, managers uh, for the mission of being a project manager. And it's a big difference. Yeah, I think back to my, my time at Bell Helicopter, where I used to work and ran the PMO there. And pilots of helicopters are trained on what is the right, what do you call all the different parts of a helicopter? What, you know, how do you use the stick? How do you do that? But that's the theoretical learning. After right. that, they actually put you into a simulator and you simulate flying a helicopter before they go out and, and fly. I think what I'm hearing you say is, as project managers, we never put them into the simulator. We never 
giving them an opportunity <laughs> to learn to fly before they actually go fly. So we're, we're asking them to fly based only on the theory. Right? Right. They haven't had that ability to simulate. You know, that's absolutely right. And I, I really wanted to come to this conclude to this uh, topic later on, but what we really, what we really are, were looking for was a way to help project managers simulate, as you said, their own job. So that's part of what we did when you know, we can tell you more about that when we talk about our game. But yeah. that's definitely it. That's the exact example that you know, came to mind. So you had touched, I think, a little bit on how you guys came together. You mentioned both were instructors and about eight years ago you wrote the book, but you've also created a company together. So right. what's, what's the story behind that and how did that all take place? So I hope it's okay, Hamutal, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's a pretty interesting story. So Hamutal was teaching, she had a, a course in one of the organizations and they wanted somebody to come in and speak about project management information systems. So Hamutal looked me up and she called me and she asked me to come and speak in her course. And no, I said, I, I, I'm sorry. Every time you tell this story, I get irritated. I'm sorry, but go ahead. Continue. <laughs> well, go ahead. You, you can... No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so she calls me up. I was supposed to come there. And the day before, I get a call from a customer, and they scheduled a conference call with France, and I had to be in that conference call. So I sent one of uh, the engineers that worked for me, um, to speak in her course. Turns out that Hamutal was not very happy with the change. <laughs> Say the list of. <laughs> yeah. So she called me up and she said, Daniel, we need to talk. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm just finishing up my role at the company that I was working at. And I'll have more time next week. Maybe we can meet up. So we scheduled uh, an hour to meet in a coffee shop near Hamutal's house. And I went over there. We were supposed to be, we were supposed to talk for an hour. I think we stayed there for three and a half hours discussing different things and different topics. So it was a really, really interesting uh, meeting. And that's where we came across, you know, what I told you before, our common uh, um, experience in teaching. Experiences, and yeah. And, and then we decided we wanted to do something together. So that, that's how it all started. And after the first project, we decided we, we enjoyed working together and wanted to do more together. So that's, huh. that's the beginning. Only after we had the book written, we actually started working together as a company, as partners. Mm -hmm. And that PM Zone, of course, is the name of your company. And so just a touch on that a little bit as well. A PM Zone, is that a... Uh, Israel only focused organization, or do you work outside of Israel? Where where is your footprint? So we're very focused on Israel. We do consulting work in Israel. We feel that doing consulting is a very local thing. Um, it's hard. I mean, I have worked in the United States. I worked at Intel plants in the United States. I did some work for Boeing at one point. I mean, I did several different jobs in different places. But being a consultant has a lot to do with the culture and knowing the people and the ways and the language. So yes, we're very focused on Israel with our uh, consulting. 
But with our training and with uh, other materials that we're developing, our games, our book, we're, you know, we're more global on that. So it's not things that we do. We partner up with other companies and we do other things with other companies. Yeah, and that certainly makes sense. And I know uh, you've been sponsors of the PMO Global Awards, right? I, I sure. mentioned that earlier. You've you sponsored that and you participated as judges in that as well. So yeah. you certainly have a global perspective that you bring to our profession. And, and that's certainly appreciated by by all of us. Because as I said, it's we, we have to learn how project management works within other countries in order to find ways that we can make it work in practice right? Yeah. Uh, like you've mentioned, because just as example, right? Working with the PMO leader where we have your game and your books featured there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned that in some or some countries, PMOs report into project managers instead of project managers reporting to PMOs. There's geopolitical pressures where some nations have sanctions and they don't have access to funding that other countries do, but they yeah. still run projects. So how do, how do you do that in those situations? And I think it's so important to bring on guests like yourselves so that we get a perspective that isn't nearsighted, right? It, it's truly global in perspective. So right. as we continue to chat today, uh, I think we'll be able to pick up on a lot of that as well. So um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to to more about the games component, right? Yeah. Um, tell me about this. What, what, tell me about why do we play games, right? What's the value and and using games as part of our project management education. So, so the idea of games in, in the service of education was introduced by a researcher called Clark C. Ebbed. In uh, 1975, he wrote a book called um, Serious Games. And he says that reduced to its formal essence, a game is an activity among two or more independent decision makers seeking to achieve their objectives in some uh, limiting context. And uh, in recent years, the use of serious games for educational purposes, um, you know, mainly um, computer and and, uh, digital games has been significantly increased with with the aim to promote uh, students' motivations for learning. And the term serious games, uh, it might sound a little bit like uh, an oxymoron. One of my favorite definitions of it is games that do not have entertainment, enjoyment, or fun as their uh, primary purpose. However, Abt clarifies uh, this definition and he says that games may be played seriously or casually, and that we are concerned with serious games in the sense that um, these games have an explicit and carefully thought out educational purpose and are not uh, intended to be played primarily for, for amusement. But uh, this does not mean that serious games are not or uh, should not be entertaining. So in recent years, gamification has become primary concept in training and in learning new skills. Uh, gamification meaning the application of game elements and techniques to non-game problems, such as uh, business and um, social impact challenges. And it is perfectly suited to the effort uh, to retain knowledge and create engagement. And uh, this is why we we are seeing more and more games uh, in the service of education. And, and 
I can really see the impact of playing games whenever I, I teach any of my courses. It's a big difference, difference than just listening to someone talking about something. Yeah. You know, Joe, two years ago, I was over in the PMI conference in Ireland. Um, and I was very surprised. We thought we were uh, very uh, forward, and you know, we have the, the the concept of playing project management games, and and we're the only ones. But out of I think they had about thirty five lectures there. There were three lectures, including mine. I was speaking there with Dr. Barrett Holtzman, um, who helped us uh, research about the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but. So I was there lecturing with her, and we had two other people that were talking about playing games in order to learn project management. So we found that it's something that other people thought about in parallel. So that was really exciting that it's not just us, you know. So it means that you know there's a there's a market out there that thinks similarly. So it's it's really exciting. It it is not a new concept. It is well known already, but. not not so many people are actually using it, or at least not good enough, in my opinion. Yeah, if we think back just to our everyday lives, when we were young, what did our parents always tell us? Go play. Okay. Exactly. And, and, and what did we learn more than just about playing with army men or playing card games or board games? There was the interaction Right between Absolutely. that, it's we, you learn more than just what's in the game by playing games. Exactly, that's exactly the point, Joe. I, I really agree with you, and that's what we're trying to bring back. So, yeah, yeah, we've we've had guests on that have talked about in the past, right? How the play and fun and interactive, uh, lighthearted, and breaking away from the the stresses of our our work can create bonding elements for us to be able to build relationships beyond what we normally do. And and in those moments of key stress later on in a project, you need, you need to be able to rely on those moments where you've bonded. Right. So I, I'm so intrigued. I mean, and obviously for most people probably don't know, we've talked offline quite a bit about your game and and I'm excited about the game as well. We're going to learn more about that as we continue chatting today. Mm-hmm. But I just love the fact that as adults, we can utilize what we learned as children and to be able to use it in a professional setting that one wouldn't normally expect. Perhaps that's what we can do. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. That, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And that that's a lot of what brought us back into the schemes and you know developing the game and so on. So how do we help? I guess you have a far more, we'll call it clinical perspective on this than I do. Uh, I just like playing games. Uh, but, but if we think about about the clinical side of this, why are games good for learning, right? How do, do we learn more playing games than maybe we did if we just had a, a, you know, a course that we received from an instructor? Right. So, you know, we, Samutal and I, when we teach courses, we play a lot of games. We incorporated a lot of different games into our, our courses because we find that people are much more engaged when they play something or when they're involved in something. 
So we started that a long time ago. And what we find is that people tend to really learn more when they're doing something rather than just learning about it. So the whole concept of, of doing and playing and participating, and not just you know sitting back and listening, uh, you get much more out of it. And what we hear from students and from uh, you know other partners is that when you have people play the game and they're more engaged, they feel like they actually did something and they gain experience, as you said before, of actually playing the game and, and about the concept that they're trying to learn. So yeah, it really helps with that. And you know, you touched on this before when you talked about the helicopters and, and simulators, because we have pilots and, and pilots obviously go and they use simulators to learn how to be better pilots. We also have, my sister works for a company that does uh, simulators for doctors, where they can actually go in and simulate doing an operation before they actually go and do it. There's another, there's a company in Israel that does 3D, um, um, you know, 3D uh, profiles of, of organs, and the doctors can actually work on the organ before they went in, after they simulate what it looks like inside the body of a patient. So you have simulators in other businesses, even businessmen, they use, they have uh, business style uh, board games. You know any of those, Joe? Have you ever played one of those? We've, I, I've played these uh, catapult games, right? Where you build, uh, you try to build a catapult as a team and who can right. throw an object further, right? I've done that. Right, before. that's more team building kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, there there are there are business uh, model games out there that talk about um, sharing knowledge with other business owners, getting leads, and giving leads to other business owners. So anyway, there's a whole ecosystem of how you can learn through simulations. And when Hamutel and I talked about this for the first time, we said, why don't we go out and look for a game uh, that's for project managers and where they can simulate actually managing a project when we started looking. And surprisingly enough, we couldn't find any game, hmm. okay? So we, we didn't go off saying, hey, we want to develop a game. We said we want a game to incorporate into our courses. And then when we looked for one, we were really surprised to find that we couldn't find one. So that's when we decided that we want to take this whole uh, game playing uh, step forward and develop our own game for project managers so they can simulate and they can do, and they can actually uh, get the experience while playing the game and incorporate the skills and things that they've learned with us in the course on the game. And you know also, Joe, um, board games uh, in particular, because these days we're always looking for digital games, but board games in particular, uh, enable this interaction and communication between the players. So it has many other values uh, like team building and it strengthens bonds and improve many human skills. And it is a very, very good method to capture a complex environment for learning purposes using enjoyable hands-on experience. And personally, I simply love the physical aspect of the game, you know, the board, the cards, the playing pieces, uh, money, etc. And um, I believe this 
alone creates a feeling that is really, really hard to capture in, in any other medium. So let me go slightly off script for you on this one. Hopefully I don't catch you off guard too much on this. But uh, last night, my family and I, we watched a movie called In the Heights. It's a, a new movie that Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda came out with. And it's about a section of New York City that's uh, tied very closely to the Dominican Republic. And it's a musical. There's lots of singing and lots of dancing, but we learn the culture of that part of New York City and the Dominican uh, Republic country, right? Mm -hmm. And as and I'm not tied to that other than being originally from New York. I'm not tied to that in any way, but I loved seeing how their culture operates and how we can learn from that culture, how they enjoyed life, how they celebrated life, how they went about that. So what I'm wondering, from your perspective, with a global view of the world, but certainly within Israel as well, is there cultural differences with gameplay that you've come across that are unique to your region or, or your experiences with others around the world? You know, I've worked in other places in the world and everyone, even in Israel, okay, if I go to different companies, everybody thinks that they're very unique in the things that they have to do and what kind of projects they have. But what I found that in general, a project is a project is a project. Yes, there are cultural differences in the communication styles, in the formality of things. I can tell you stories about informal conversations that I had at Intel plants in the U.S., where, you know, in the formal meetings, we were clashing the contractor with, uh, with Intel and things that were happening between them. But when we went out to the bar, we would go out together at 4.30 every Friday, we would go out and drink together. It was a big thing in the U.S. That's a, another cultural thing in Israel that doesn't work. But that's something that we really did a lot there. And when we would talk to them informally about things, uh, we really solved a lot of the issues that we had in the project in these informal conversations. So obviously there's a lot of um, you know, communication differences in styles, but the issues, problems, uh, the challenges that you have within a project are very similar in different uh, cultures is what I found. Again, I'm not a I'm not an expert on this, but that's what I found. I can tell you a real cute story. I mean, we played our game for the first time. We will not for the first time, but we played our game with some foreign students, students. from the U.S. Foreign students from <laughs> the U.S. We played it in uh, the University of Tel Aviv. So these were foreign students that came for a year, and they they played the game okay, with our with one of the courses that that are taught there. And there was this one guy. And he decided to buy all of the cheap resources in our board game, which meant that nobody else other than him could, could move on. So he got everybody stuck. They were all sitting there playing with their phones. And I, I walked over and asked him, what's going on? And they said, well, this guy bought all the cheap resources. We can't play. So I guess you could say it's... I don't know if it's cultural, it's, it's that guy, you know, that, that was very competitive and he wanted everybody else to lose the game. He thought that that was the goal. Um, but yeah, that, you know, that's something that we haven't encountered since or before 
um, that something like that happened. So, you know, things, things happen. I think that in this case, it was a matter of experience. He, he was relatively young with no actual experience because we have a completely different story playing with experienced uh, project managers and lecturers lecturer who immediately started cooperating with each other. Now, when we play the game, we don't tell them if they need to compete or to cooperate. We let them figure this out on their own because this is all part of our uh, post-game uh, discussion. But you can immediately see the differences between experience and less experienced uh, project managers. So I'm not sure if this was a cultural difference, but I do believe that, um, like the example you said, Daniel, about going uh, after works for drinks, I think that playing games is such a great uh, method to bring everyone together and eliminate differences. All of a sudden, we're playing with different people from all over the world, and we're simply playing, uh, almost like children. And so I'm not sure if there are cultural differences in this aspect of playing the game for learning purposes. Yeah, and that, that certainly makes sense. I, and as you guys were talking, I was reminded of Elizabeth Heron out of the UK had spoke at International Project Management Day a few years ago about gamification and how to introduce more of that, right? So for for people who are interested that we've had Elizabeth on the show previously, but she provides, I think it's only about a 30 minute talk on how to introduce games in, in general, not a specific game, but how we can all benefit from that and certainly ties into what you guys are all talking about today. Yeah. So how do you go from uh, instructor, consultant, trainer uh, into Hey, we're going to jump into the board game business. How, how, do, how do you make that leap to, to introduce that into your business? So you're absolutely right. I mean, we're, we're project managers ourselves. We're trainers. We're, you know, subject matter experts. And, uh, you know, just going into this whole uh, playing games was a transition. And, you know, to, to answer your question... I really like playing games and play games with my family. For instance, uh, have you played Settlers of Catan? That's a really popular game here in Israel. I know it's also around the world. I, I haven't game. played it, but I am familiar with it, but I haven't played myself. Okay, so, so playing that game with my family, with uh, my two boys and with my daughter, uh, we, I, I found with my wife that we find out about different ways our children um, deal with different things like negotiation and communication and you know different things that they do through the game because in this game you have to swap different elements amongst yourselves and there's a lot of competition and you can gain up on someone so through the game we we found things that we really liked about our kids and things that we thought hey you know we need to talk about this so after the game we were able to have meaningful discussions about things that happen in the game. So it's not as intimidating as talking about things that happened in school and stuff like that, or, or you know, taking that into the project management field, talking about a project manager and what he did in his project. I'm not talking about your project. I'm talking about what happened in the game. So he doesn't have to be very defensive about it. So 
having that experience with my kids and saying, okay, I can do this and I can learn a lot about my kids and I can teach them a lot afterwards in a safer environment. So that's what really brought us into this whole concept of, okay, maybe we'll develop this serious game so we can play it together with our students. And it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I just, obviously we're all in this COVID uh, pandemic um, and I did our first vacation since the pandemic hit this past week. And I went with my youngest son um, and we played 15 games of Monopoly uh, during this vacation. Wow. I, I love Monopoly. <laughs> yes. It, it was on, we, we did it on an iPad. So it was, you know, it was kind of a combo between digital and board, right? It was, it was a combo version of it. But I, I already knew he was very competitive. But Daniel, I got to be able to see how how his brain worked when he would want to make a trade, or how how his personality would get a little bit nicer to me when things weren't going his way, right? So that's it. And I had never really looked at it with that perspective that you just talked about of how we can learn about these individuals, but use those informal settings to to provide a formal instruction. You know, we actually have a customer that uses a game shop, uh, you know, a workshop of the game to test out new project managers. So what they do is they invite a bunch of project managers to this uh, workshop day before they, they even hired them. And they sit them down and they play the game and people from the organization watch them play. And it's amazing how much you can learn about people while they play, about both their personality, but also about their knowledge and technique. Right. So it's really, really interesting. I mean, we played a game just, a, what was it, two months ago with really young kids. Oh, I mean, I'm talking right. 18 to, I think the, the oldest guy in the room was 27 or something like that. But most of them were 18, 19, 20. And we didn't expect much of the game. To be, to be truthful, I thought that it would be very basic, learning the, the terms and, you know, doing just basic things. But these guys took it really, really seriously. And they did things there that I was really, really impressed with. I mean, the way that they planned out things. They brought out a board and they, they started charting things out. I mean, they did a lot of things that much more experienced project managers with formal education um, didn't think of doing. So, you know, you get to to see these different perspectives and the different personalities and knowledge base uh, through the game. So, yeah, that's that's also a a really interesting thing there. And do you take, right, so how do you use it, right? Do you bring the game as part of your training? Um, do you just use it as standalone? What's the way that you've utilized, incorporated the game within your organization? So, Hamutal, do you want me to take that? Go ahead, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we actually have different sessions for uh, learning about project management where we have different games incorporated and we have special workshops for uh, the actual game. And we use it in different scenarios. So we have some courses or some workshops that we go to organizations that we haven't taught project management at all there. So this is our introduction to the company. 
And what we try to understand there is what are the challenges of the project managers and the organization and doing so through the game. So we actually play the game, but then through discussions and questionnaires and, and a workshop after that, we can bring up a lot of the, the things that are bothering the different stakeholders within the organization. So that's one way we use the game. Another way is for organizations that have um, had training already. So, you know, we don't believe in a wham-bam kind of training thing. You, you come in, you teach project management for a week, and then you leave, and everybody knows everything. It usually doesn't work that way, okay? So what we try to do is find things to help our the organizations that we work with to train and to actually remind people about the different concepts that we learned in, you know, in the training sessions. So we have different ways of doing this. We do forums where we bring the project managers together once every month, every two months for a couple of hours. We talk about things, we have topics. But one of the things that we also do is we bring them in and we actually have them play the game. And through the game, again, we can remind them about concepts and things that we learned during the, the sessions and the training thing. So, so we use it in different places, really in different ways and according to what they need. I also talked about the, the companies that, that use it for hiring purposes. So there are just different ways of using the game in different organizations. And, and one other thing is that the game can be played uh, many times. It's not a one-time uh, game so that we can meet the same people several times and each time play a little bit different, a little bit harder. Uh, we can adjust the difficulty level of the game based on their experience. So we like playing it at least twice. Now, one of the things that we have in the game is the PMO concept. So you can play and you can have a PMO on every board. And we don't usually introduce that in the first time, usually not even in the second time that we play, but we can. But basically, as you go ahead and you play more and more, you can also introduce more, function into, more functions into the game. You can introduce the PMO. And the PMO has a role like it has in real life, helping the projects and the program in a, gen in a general way Uh, putting together reports, looking at the overall picture, maybe moving resources around the project. So you can just really simulate in any way the things that are happening in your organization in the game. And you have these all these different levels of, of play, and it's really exciting to see because you can really play it with novice um, project managers and you can play it with real sophisticated trainers. Um, Two weeks ago, I went over to, to play with a, a lecture in the, one of the universities down south in Israel. I wanted to introduce the game to her, and we played, and she was under the impression that she'll be able to do the planning and do everything really quickly and very easily. I don't know how what your experience, Joe, was in the game that we played, but her expectation was that she would you know, breeze through it, and she was very challenged. I mean, she looked at the game, and... And she thought she knew what to do. And then when she started playing, she saw that her planning wasn't that great. Okay. And, you know, she got excited and she got really into it because she wanted to show me 
how good and how, you know, how good she is and how knowledgeable she is in project management. But yeah, it wasn't easy for her. I can tell you that. You know, we've had a lot of talk about the game, but we haven't really talked about the game yet, right? We've talked about it uh, in context of gameplay, but we haven't talked about any of the specifics of the game. I mean, for those listening, right, we play games our whole lives, but somebody had to create the game, right? Some some creative mind out there actually created Monopoly or Risk or The Settlers, right? I mean, all of them were created by someone. So you guys created a board game, right? I mean, let, let's uh, the the basics of this is from scratch. You're able to put together a game that's for project managers and use concepts that we're all familiar with related to games. But that's not easy, right? I mean, how how do you do that? It's 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 really not as easy as it's <laughs> as it might look. And and as Danielle told before. Uh, we actually wanted to to buy a game. We were looking for for a ready-made game, but we could not find any. So, so we only started developing when when we actually didn't find anything. So, um, I was going through uh, training to learn how to develop games, uh, and we also consulted with a company um, specializing in gamification to to make sure the game is is engaging and fun and doesn't only include uh, educational value. And, and it was quite, quite a challenge to incorporate uh, the many heterogeneous aspects of uh, project management and keeping the game fun. And I think it took us um, nearly six months to design the first uh, prototype of the game. And then we played it with some colleagues and friends. And after the first design, um, there were a couple of more versions before uh, before we knew the game was, uh, you know, solid enough, mature enough to to really get it out there. But uh, ever since then, um, we have played the game so many times, and we are always refining it. So we keep learning about the game from our from the players, and by that we keep developing it. But it is not an easy process to to def- to develop a, a game. The logic of the game is probably the biggest challenge uh, when developing, I believe, any game, but spe- specifically in such a complex um, uh, topic. But the design also needs to be meticulous, and you cannot just, you know, print a few cards at home and call it a game. Uh, there's so much more to it. You know, it was really surprising to me, Joe, how much math is behind these games. So you really have to calculate everything and, and make sure that everything works, right? It's not just putting in numbers. And you have no. to you know, think about the different options and how you can get there and a lot of math. So, yeah, it's, it was not an easy process, but it was fun. It was really, really fun, but you know the game economics and mechanics is is really a complex uh, complex issue. You you should see our Excel files, uh, you know, holding all the calculations behind behind the scene, making the game playable. Yeah, and and Daniel had mentioned that I've I've had the good fortune of playing the game, and it's it it is one of those things. I've only played once, but you. 
I've been doing project management for, you know, I'm 53 years old. So probably 52 years now I've been a project manager, right? <laughs> just the way my brain works. So you think you, it's, this is going to be easy. You just come in and you plan it and you go execute, but it isn't right. It, it's, it's a life of its own where you can use your experiences. Definitely. But the other thing that I found that was interesting is, and this could be one of those cultural components is it's a game. So we're, we're, we're kind of pre-wired to want to win the game. Right. Right. So your game isn't so much about winning as it is about learning. Right. And, and so I was trying to figure out how can I outplan my other competitors, right, to be able to win when in reality I needed to lean on them and utilize them as a team to be successful. So it's a really, it's a brilliant game because Thank it you. makes you, it makes you a project manager, right? It, it really does what it sets out to do when you don't even know it's doing it for you, right? That's the brilliant part of it that I found from my experience was I didn't know what was happening to me, but it was everything that it needed to be for me. And I've been doing this a long, long time. So it, it really was fun. It was enjoyable and it was great. And I can't even imagine how you guys put it all together, but it was, it was awesome. Thank you. Hamutau, we need to put a, Quotes from Joe in our website. From Joe, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Saying, you know, just quoting what he said there. That's really amazing. I was just about to say that you're, you should be our marketing expert. <laughs> well, that, you know, what are the, you know, like maybe leads into some of uh, my next question. What's, what are your plans for this coming year, right? We're coming out of COVID and I hope the world is recovering and we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy. What are the plans for for you with the game and, and what you have going on for the next year or so? So speaking of COVID, that was one of the, I wouldn't say triggers, but one of the accelerators that drove us to our next initiative. What we're doing right now, obviously during COVID, we couldn't move and we couldn't play the game. And playing the game from afar just doesn't incorporate everything that we wanted to have. So Having said that, and also having customers that have um, locations around the world, like we have, we work with Amdocs, and they have locations in Israel, the U.S., and India. And when we told them that we wanted to play the game with them, they said, okay, but we need to play with everyone together. And we said, okay, but we only have this physical board game, and we need to play that on the board. It wasn't feasible. So... What we're doing right now and what we're hoping to have ready within the year is the digital game. So we're taking the concepts of the game and we're creating this online game that enables groups to play the game, both uh, from organizations that are diverse and from you know, different countries and different universities and so on, to play the game together um, and to... Uh, learn about project management and their practices through the game. Now, it's a journey. It's a very interesting journey because turning the game into a digital game is not taking it you know, as is and moving it to the digital world. There are a lot of differences between the digital world and, you know, and playing the game around the board. So we're dealing with a lot of that right now. We're, we're designing the game at this point. And really interesting, really exciting. 
uh, learning more about things that can be done, the better things that you have in digital games, and how to really use the digital world to make the, the game more effective and more fun in some places. So that's, that's one thing that we're working on at this point. Um, another thing that we're doing, we, we have developed an agile board game. So this is a more uh, classic board game or kind of classical uh, project management. doesn't really have to be um, a real classic kind of thing, but you know, that's why we put it there. And now we developed another game to learn about the agile concepts and the ceremonies and the different aspects that you have there in agile. So we have a new board game called the agile board game. And there you can learn more about the agile world. So that's another thing that we're working on. We have, if we said that we had many iterations for our game, for the game we were talking about, the PM Zone board game, uh, for this game, we've had, I think we've had four iterations so far. Yeah, we're, we're now at the so, fourth, I believe. Yeah, so I, I don't think we have it completely done. I think we're very close now. We have played it in certain organizations and got really good feedback. We also played it in the university, one of the courses, and it was also good feedback. We still need to work a little bit about that. So hopefully we'll have that resolved very soon and we'll be able to start uh, playing that with other customers as well. So those are our big plans for, you know, for the next uh, year. Well, it, it's fantastic. And in, in you should have, you know, your comment of, we should have wrote that down, what you were saying, Joe. This is recorded, right? So you have it. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, pull out this segment of the show and, and drop it out exactly. on the as a referral. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Hamutal and Daniel, to, to connect with you. It was a lot of fun to learn about your game and your organization. You know, Thanks here so we much are. for having us. We really had a good time. Yeah, yes. it, certainly. Very much. Pleasure. And before we wrap up here, Hamatal, what's the best way that folks can get in touch with you? And if they want to learn more about the game or just you or, or any of the work that the PM Zone does, what's the best way for folks to contact you? Well, there's my email address you can provide. Also, I don't know if people will call me, but I can give you my phone number as well. And of course, through our website, we have all our contact details uh, there. At our website. Our website is pmzone.com. So www.pmzone.com. And you can have all the information about the game. We have some videos of people playing the game there. You have the contact details of Hamutal and myself. And uh, yeah, I think that would be the best way to do it. Fantastic. And, and also the, the game is available out on the PMO Leader website. If folks were interested, they can go out there. Your book, of course, is available. Um, and then I believe you're both out on LinkedIn as well. So if they want to. Yeah. Use right. Yes, absolutely. So uh, thank you both for coming on. Again, you're, great to have you as our first guest from Israel. And hopefully we'll have others in the future. Um, certainly thank you again to all of our listeners. Right. If we don't have listeners, we don't have a show. Be sure to visit projectmanagementofficehours.com to check out all of our upcoming and previous shows. I, I just posted on this LinkedIn yesterday. I, I did a sneak peek at the next three months of our guest list. And I was kind of blown away myself. I was like, wow, I've got a great lineup. Uh, mm -hmm. Antonio Nieto Rodriguez uh, from Belgium, Karsten Lay from Vietnam, Erica Flora 
here in the U.S., Americo Pinto uh, from Brazil, uh, Tim Creasy, one of the executives of ProSci, uh, is going to be on the Talking Change Management, and Marissa Silva from Portugal, the lucky PM. A, a great lineup coming up. And of course, all of these shows are recorded, so you can subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, etc. Also, thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader. Please be sure to go out and visit those websites and see how they can help you benefit your project management team. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Thanks for listening to another episode of Project Management Office Hours with PMO Joe. You're not alone in your project management journey. We're here to help you achieve your goals. Subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our episodes and hear industry leaders share their story and secrets to success.